Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Shutout as a member of the Edmonton Oilers, but he does not get the victory in a shootout. The Winnipeg Jets beat the Oilers 1-0. Connor Hellebuck gets a shutout and a win for the Jets. 28 stops through 65 minutes. Two more denials in the shootout. Smith, 23 saves through 65 minutes, beaten on both shootout attempts by the Jets. Connor and Line able to score the goals. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It is 7.58. Overtime open line presented by Heartland Ford along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Well, I mean, Oilers goaltending has been a, a huge story this season. It continues to be Smith excellent again tonight. 23 shots on net. It, it's, it seemed like more by the time we got to the uh, got to the end of the game. Uh, for Smith, he made 13 saves at even strength, 10 more on the four Jets power plays. And a lot of those were high quality. Um the, the power play shots, they were just waiting and setting up Patrick Liney for the big one-timer. And uh, even the ones where Liney just missed, Smith was still in the right spot. He was reading the play very well, never was out of position, uh, never had to really scramble in this game. Uh, an excellent game. Both goaltenders were terrific tonight. But Mike Smith continues to have a bounce back from last year and an off year in Calgary and continues to impress. Uh, really a, a big reason why the Oilers were able to steal a point here in, in, in Winnipeg. So the Oilers record now 7-1-1 and on the season. The Jets go to 5-5 five and five and the, the, the special teams with Smith leading the way on the penalty killing uh, I, I guess another positive for the Oilers tonight. Jets 0-4 with the man advantage. Oilers able to stay alive there. They had to kill off a couple of penalties in the third period. They did and a couple foolish penalties that the Oilers took. The one by Carey, you can't take that. You're a third, fourth line guy. In a third period of a scoreless or a tie game, you can't take a penalty in the offensive end. But the Oilers' penalty killers got it done. And a lot of it is just will. I don't know how many times today we saw the, the Winnipeg Jets get a great scoring chance or a great look and the puck not get through because they'd have two or three Oilers putting their body on the line, not allowing the puck to get through. So the, the penalty killers did a good job not allowing a lot of passes get through into the area that puts it, them into danger, but also did a good job of just collapsing and having the willingness to put their body on the line. So it, it was a, a good night defensively for the Oilers. Some of the Oilers' top players, uh, the puck, didn't bounce the way they needed it to tonight. Well, I, I thought the Jets did a, a very good job defending on the Oilers' top line. Every team the Oilers face is going to try to do it. The Jets certainly executed it better and more consistently than anybody else. They they, they really collapsed when McDavid or Dreisaitl crossed the blue line. You had two, three guys going after McDavid's stick trying to knock the puck away. I mean, obviously it can be risky if, if you leave a passing lane open, but the the Jets were able for, for most of the night, we'll, we'll talk about the overtime mm-hmm. separately after this, but for most of the night, five on five, they got right on the Oilers' big guns. Yeah, a lot of teams play passive against McDavid and Dreisaitl. They just, they, they fear getting made look foolish they they fear uh giving up a a great scoring chance by uh, forcing something and and being beat 
the the Jets went the opposite. The Jets were very aggressive, and they didn't send one guy at McDavid. They sent two or three. The first one would engage him, then they'd have backtracking, and the guy coming from behind would come in at his stick as well and have stick on puck and just whack away, just trying to disrupt any play. They weren't giving McDavid or Drysaddle time and space. And I think if you're going to be effective against those guys, that's how you have to play them. Because if you give them a little extra room on the ice, they will make the good play uh, nine out of ten times. So uh, good on Winnipeg. I mean, Winnipeg is a different team on the back end. Uh, they lost Truba. Uh, they lost, well, right now, Bufflin. Uh, they lost Myers. So, like, they had a very good defense the last number of years. A lot of those players are gone, so they got a young defense, and that defense played very well tonight for the for the Winnipeg Jets and Golton. Hellebeck was good too, so it was a uh, a well I wouldn't say well executed game, but a very entertaining zero zero game. Well, the overtime. Uh, I mean, incredible. Two two on ones for Drysdale and McDavid, and they did not get a shot on net on either opportunity. Well. Everybody in the league knows that if they get a two-on-one and Drysdale has it or McDade, they're going to pass the puck. And you could see both times that the two-on-ones happened, the defender leaned towards McDavid because Drysdale had the puck and put their body in the lane, forcing Drysdale to have to put a sauce pass over there. And neither of them sat down, and McDavid never got a good wood on it. The second one, Drysdale could have walked in on a breakaway. Uh, that's how far the defender moved over to take the pass away. Uh, sometimes, as you and I talked about at the beginning of the show tonight, sometimes you've got to be a little selfish to help your team win hockey games. And Leon, both those times, could have shot and probably was the better option, but he's an unselfish player and tried to make the pass instead. And also, McDavid had a breakaway in overtime as well. It was a highly entertaining, a very low event, 60 minutes, a highly entertaining and eventful five-minute overtime. Well, I mean, Shifley had a, a great chance. Smith made a couple of saves in the final minute of overtime. And on that McDavid breakaway, the, the tricycle <laughs> back, backhand pass still continues to impress. Backhand saucer. The, every breakaway or two-on-one in overtime is created by a chance the other way that didn't work. And the Jets had a chance. The puck went below the goal line. Dreisaitl was facing the end boards. He got the puck on his backhand, no look, saucer pass that landed on McDavid's stick on the other side of center. So it was a, I don't know, a 60, 70-foot pass, backhand, lands perfectly on McDavid's stick. And give credit to Shifley. He was the one back-checking on that, not allowing McDavid to have free access to the goaltender. Yes, it was a nice play by, or by McDavid, but Dreisaitl, an incredible pass that made that play work. The Oilers fall 1-0 in a shootout to the Winnipeg Jets. Next game for Edmonton, they will be at the Minnesota Wild on Tuesday night. So, oddly enough, three of the last four games, McDavid does not have a point. Nobody gets a point tonight for uh, Edmonton. And it, it is getting to be a story here. I, I mean, I, I had three three big questions in the offseason. Number one, the goaltending, so far so good on that. Uh, penalty killing, so far so good on that. Bottom six scoring. Now, we have seen the PK improve and, and checking in zone time at times. Still don't have any goals. The, I mean, the Oilers did not dress a player in the bottom six tonight who has scored this season. The only player who has was a scratch tonight, Joachim Nygaard. And uh, you could have used uh, a greasy one, well, any type of one, from a, from a bottom six player tonight. Well, you can throw in bottom seven, too, because I don't think Chase on. He doesn't have a goal in the season as well. Correct. So, so yeah, they're, they're not getting the contribution. Uh, they're getting zone time. They're getting continuing of momentum. 
and for the most part, they're getting fairly good defensive play. But you're, they aren't getting an, any offensive juice out of those players and not a lot of great chances out of them as well. So uh, that is, again, a storyline we're going to continue to watch. Now, if of the three storylines that you wanted to have success, if you can only have two out of three, I'd still take the well, penalty take killing and the goaltending. Take goaltending, absolutely. Yeah, so, but if you want to be a team that has success going forward, you're going to have to find something out of your bottom six. Now, there are teams in the NHL that are top-heavy. The Boston Bruins are a perfect example of a team that's top-heavy. The Colorado Avalanche, another team that's top-heavy. But there are going to be nights where your top line doesn't score, and it would be nice every once in a while for the bottom six forwards to kick something in. So the Jets win one nothing in a shootout tonight. Uh, the Oilers have gone to overtime twice this season. Both of the overtimes were very entertaining. Also that one against New Jersey, no scoring. Both go to shootouts. The Oilers were able to pull the one out against the Devils. They do not get on the board tonight. So tonight uh, we'll have to wait for the next game for Ascendant Financial to make a $25 donation to 630 Chad Santos Anonymous. 25 bucks for every goal all season long. When the name of the game is life, there's ascendantfinancial.ca. We will get post-game reaction from Winnipeg. You can text 630-630. You can call 780 780- 496-0063. We have Jason on the line. Hey, Jason, go ahead. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. So, just uh, two, three things I'd like to talk about. Uh, one is, uh, I think the big guns were tired tonight. They look tired. Two, uh, he doesn't seem in sync with the bottom of the climb right now. He seems slower. And Nygaard, when are they going to bring Nygaard back? Sorry, who who did you say looked out of sync? Kira. Uh, oh, Jujar. Okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah, we can address it. Well, Nygaard's, um, what did they say for him? Two to four weeks? Yeah. So we won't see him for another half dozen games-ish. Uh, uh, yeah, Kara's had, uh, he started the last few seasons a little bit up and down. Probably probably falls into the same category this year. Yeah, he's one that the expectations are higher because you have seen him at games in the past where he can change the complexion of the game with the way he plays through physicality for check um I, I and i'm not saying that he is but some nights looks disinterested uh and a big man like that he can drive a line and i think that's what they wanted a veteran player like him to drive a third or a fourth line uh, get in on the four check be physical be a little irritant uh brace of to play against and we haven't seen enough of that uh, and obviously, we've seen zero offensive juice out of he or any of those his line mates. So, yeah, th- I think they are expecting and hoping for more from Jujar. Oilers lose one nothing in a shootout. McDavid four shots on goal. Drysital four shots on goal. Uh, uh, Patrick Russell. Well, Patrick Russell had four shots on goal in I, ten and a half minutes. I, I, to me, I like the way he's played. Again, I have yet to see him play a game where at the end of the night I'm disappointed. And say, you know what? We could have used more out of him. Every game he plays, it seems like he's. He's well, and he is. He's trying to get one more game, and I think he deserved after the way he played again tonight. Paul Maurice gets his 700th win as an NHL coach. He'd been waiting about a week to do it as the Jets had lost their last three, but the Jets pull it out for him tonight, one nothing, uh, in a shootout where you know Patrick Laine got the one that iced it in uh, the shootout he was uh, he was firing away as he's apt to do on the power play well it's funny and we we learned it by watching the game and louis buddy of ours louis debrus talked about he's got a stick that he just has sitting on the bench by itself that's his power play stick it's a special stick that he only uses when he goes on the power play well it, it certainly has got some firepower in it as he was blasting away tonight having said that mike smith did a very good job reading it and being in position and then in in the shootout 
he comes down there. I don't. There's no chance. If Patrick Laine hits his spot in a shootout or on a breakaway, he's going to score. It's that heavy a shot. The goaltender, it's got to hit him or it's going in. And on that one there, Mike Smith had absolutely no no uh, chance of saving it as Line hit exactly where he was putting it. Three stars selected in Winnipeg tonight. Hellebuck, first star. Smith, second star. Uh, Jack Roslovich selected as the third star. I, I thought he, he did play well. Five for the Jets. Yeah, although I probably would have went with a defensive player since it was 0-0. There's a, I mean, you got There's a number of players on the back end for the Winnipeg Jets that played very well. They just shut down the top two scores in the National Hockey League. Our fourth star of the game is for White Eagle Homes, built from the homeowner's perspective with thousands of personalization options. Visit WhiteEagleHomes.ca. I'm well, going to go with Ethan Bear. Nobody got points for the Oilers. I thought Ethan Bear played very well tonight. And, and typical to, to show you what, how far he's come. There was a shift in the third period where he was battling late in the game with Shifley of the Winnipeg Jets, who is a, a, stupor, a superstar in this league. And he held him in the corner, kept him away, and was physical on him. Eventually forced Shifley to turn the puck over, and it went back the other way. To me, my four star is Ethan Bear. All right. 780-496-0063. We have a good fella on the line. Go ahead, good fella. What's up, fellas? Thanks for taking my call. Yep. I got a quick. I enjoy the show. I just wanted to say that I, I think you guys do a really good job of being uh, as impartial as you possibly can. Uh, I got a quick question. Do you think, I'm, like, I'm trying to go back into 16-17. Do you think our our goaltending PK and PP is good enough to make up for lack of production from the third and fourth line? And I, I'm trying to remember if that was the case in uh, in the in the year that we made the playoffs because I know we had good PK, good PP, good good goaltending, and. Uh, yeah, I'll just leave that with you guys and uh, let me know what you think. Thanks. Yeah, good question if we want to make comparisons. I mean, obviously the Oilers had more depth scoring that year um, because you had... So Drysdale and McDavid were on the team. Rune got 27. No, he was on that line, but mm-hmm. he still got 27. Um, good Everly. Everly was on the team. He got to 20. Lucic was good that year. Lucic had 22. He, you know, even Pouliot is a depth player, and I know he struggled. He frustrated a lot of people. He, he chipped in some goals. You know, Latestu jumped on the power play and made a difference. So they had a few more guys who were a little more, uh, you know, a little more threatening. Uh, the power play was very good that year. I think it wound up third, if I remember correctly. If the Oilers specialty teams continue to be where they are, if the Oilers specialty teams are in the top five, both offensively and defensively, and their goaltending is 9-17 or above save percentage, it doesn't matter what their bottom six will do. They will be a playoff hockey club. Uh, sorry, the power play was ninth that year, mm-hmm. and the penalty killing was 17th. So they had middle of the pack penalty killing Top third. They had a top third power play, and excellent I mean, Talbot was a top. Talbot was fourth in Vesna mm-hmm. voting that year, and probably should have been third because I think Carey Price, as great as he is, got some reputation votes that year. Yeah, no. If the others, especially teams in goaltending, wins wins you hockey games. If the others, especially teams, stay where they are in the top five, both of them, and their goaltender is a seven, nine seventeen or higher save percentage, they will be a playoff hockey club no matter what their bottom six do. Right. But then to separate in the playoffs, you're going to need yes. you're, you're going to need more. But to, to get through, yeah, I mean, the goaltending and special teams can make a huge difference uh, in the regular season. And it and it has so far for the Oilers. I mean, if the Oilers had average or below average goaltending and special teams, they'd be 
500. Or four and five or yep. four, four and one or what? I mean, you, sorry, you can, I don't want to get. Well, they're winning a lot of one goal hockey games where the goaltenders have been excellent. So if their goaltenders were one goal worse, they become 500 game, a 500 team. So just hope that continues in, in, uh, in net. And I believe in, I know that Bob and Jack do, and I'm not going to speak for you, but I believe that Smith will be the goalie in the next game based on what he put, did tonight. Yeah, probably. I mean, they may keep going with uh, with the 2-2-2-2-2-2 for, I guess that's what we're going to call it. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, if a guy – if see, they don't, want to, they don't want to ride a guy for a long time. They want to make sure they're rested and mm-hmm. both involved. Um, but by the same time, they don't want to put a guy in for just one good game and then have him come right out. And that's why I, I think they've been sticking with this format. They haven't had a really poor start. Nope. So they've given the guy another game and then, okay, and then just say, now you hand the ball to the other guy. Yeah, until until it doesn't work, you keep doing it. Oilers lose one nothing in a shootout tonight for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, certainly would like some more scoring from the bottom six. That'll be our adjustment of the game. Courtesy of the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. You can visit albertachiro.com. All right, we have Alex on the line. Go ahead, Alex. Hi there. How are you doing, guys? Good. Uh, the one thing I did notice tonight, uh, looked like Drysdale just didn't have his wheels tonight. I don't know uh, how you guys feel about that, but uh, and it looked like Connor McDavid also just wasn't quite there. And well, obviously they probably they could have scored in overtime. I do have a question for you, Rob. Um, if you were to uh, mix up that third and fourth line, or maybe uh, I guess I'm suggesting taking Chase on off that second line as well. But uh, there's, I, I really don't have an answer for it. But uh, does Gagne uh, look like he might get in the lineup? And is there anyone in the farm that maybe he might call up in the in the future? Um, I, I think if there was someone that was capable of coming up right now, they would have brought them up instead of Gagne. I would hazard a guess that Gagne would go in for Grandland next game. I think Grandland, to me, uh, the expectations were probably higher, and he's been the guy that I think would be the guy that would come out, and you'd have Gagne in there and slide in. Uh, and then, to me, I'd keep Chase on, on the, the second line for now. But if Gagne comes into the lineup, he's a guy that you can move up and down the lineup. But, yeah, Gagne I'd probably put in just to try and get a little more offensive juice in your bottom six. Yeah, I mean, maybe he goes in for Granlin. That's been the spot mm-hmm. that's kind of been uh, the one that's cycling through. I, and, and, again, we talked about it before the game, but we've talked about it all fall. They want some of the younger players to, to play as many games on the farm as possible. Yep. So whether that's Yamamoto, Benson, Marodi, I mean, Yamamoto's been, been scoring in the minors. I, I think they want to keep those guys down there for as long as possible. You know, it's a long season. we still got 73 mm-hmm. games left. So I, I think that the Oilers are just in, you know, they got some points in the bank. Certainly there are, are flaws and concerns on the team, no mm-hmm. doubt about it. But I, I don't think that they're necessarily going to say, well, we just bring this one guy up from the farm and, and everything is good. I don't think you you want to put that on a player, and that's usually not a solution. No, and two things. Every team in the National Hockey League has flaws in it. And second, you're not bringing a Yamamoto or, or a Benson up playing in your third and fourth lines. Those are guys that are top six forwards when they come up and play. So you're waiting for an injury or for something for them to have to come up. You're not going to have them come up and play six, seven minutes or eight minutes and play a penalty-killing type of role. I just quickly went to those 16-17 stats. The Oilers had five 20-goal scores. McDavid, 30. Dreisaitl, 29. Maroon, 27. Lucic, 23. 
and Eberle 20. Got a hat trick in the last game to get to 20. And then Nude scored 18, Letestu scored 16, and Clefbaum scored 12. And then even a little further down, you know, Secker got eight from the blue line, Pouliot got eight, uh, Pitlick had eight in 31 games before he got hurt. Oh, that's right, too. He was uh, he was having a fantastic year. That was a breakout year for him until injury stopped him. So, yeah, will it be distributed that evenly? Well, I mean, you expect McDavid and Dreisaitl will, will score quite mm-hmm. a bit. Will, will, the, will this team have five 20-goal scores? I, I would say that's unlikely. If it does, that's if they do, that's going to be well, good. Hey, no, you know, honestly, there's a possibility. The problem is it's going to be their five guys you expect it's the all right. three guys on their first line and Nugent and, and Neil on the second line so there's a possibility That's the problem is Nugent didn't even get to 20 that year yeah the problem is 43 points problem is if one if those five all get 20 you might not have another one it's <laughs> double digits that's the problem yeah Oilers lose one nothing to the Jets in a shootout whenever Edmonton scores five or more in a game we turn on the goal light on the Oilers page on 630chet.com that's presented by Japanese Village it allows you to print up a coupon for a free appy at Japanese Village triple steak and succulent seafood cooked right at your table celebrate your senses we have had that uh, light on three times already this season but the Oilers cannot even get one tonight against a very determined Winnipeg Jets team 780-496-0063 we have Tony standing by hey Tony go ahead um, I got a few points that I want to ask Rob because I've been noticing this the last few games one do you think McDavid is somewhat fighting an illness right now because the last few games like, yeah, the one in Philly, he got five points. It just looks like he's a little bit slower than usual, or he is fighting a bug. Um, the second one is, with the game tonight with Winnipeg and Edmonton, would you have maybe switched up the lines, maybe put the Neil Nuge lineup against the top line and maybe slip the McDavid and Dreisaitl line down? Well, t- first, and, um, okay, on oh, your first one, on your first one, no, I don't think anything's wrong with McDavid. I think sometimes teams play well against him. And second, the Edmonton Oilers have no choice on who their play, lines play against. Winnipeg has last choice, so they they have the line change, so they're going to put out the line matchups that they want. So uh, you have to fight through it. So that Dave Tippett couldn't change the line matchups. That's all on uh, the Winnipeg Jets coaching staff deciding who they want. And the la- and my last one is, you guys are just talking about putting Smith in the next game. Would you put maybe Smith in against the Caps since uh, the Caps are a little bit better than the Wild are and put Koskinen for the, the game against uh, Minnesota? Well, Koskinen's undefeated and he's having a great year too. So I don't think there's really any difference between the two goalies. Right now they're going 2-2-2-2 two, 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 and have had success. I wouldn't change anything that the Oilers are doing with their goalies simply because right now they're 7-1-1 on the season and their goaltenders have been excellent. All right, thanks, Tony. Uh, Just to reiterate, if you missed it off the top, and people asking on the text line, both goaltenders do get shutouts tonight. So Mike Smith does have his first shutout as an Oiler, but for the stats line, he'll get it in his uh, the third column, the OT shootout loss column. So he, Smith's record will be, well, he'll be, he'll be 3-1-1 one, and one mm-hmm. now on the season. And I, the reason I remember this is because the last time the Oilers had a 0-0 game that went to a shootout, they've had a couple, well, they had one last year against Dallas. 0-0 went to overtime. Clefbaum wound up, wound up scoring. Remember Super Bowl Sunday in 2017? The Oilers in Montreal played that really. Mm-hmm. It was the last game before 
uh, I think it was the All-Star break or teams were getting some days off and the Oilers have been playing a bunch of games. Montreal have been playing a bunch of games. It was an afternoon game. Like both teams just looked exhausted and there were hardly any scoring chances and it went to a shootout and Dreisaitl got the game deciding goal. And then Al-, and Al Montoya was the Montreal goalie, not Price. And then mm-hmm. Al Montoya wound up here. And that was, I think, his might have been his most recent shutout before he joined the Oilers. So Smith does get credit for a, a shutout. He was excellent tonight. The Oilers fall, though, one nothing in a shootout. We're also looking for somebody to finish the play at 780-496-0063. We'll have reaction from the Oilers dressing room. Canadian Brewhouse, or pardon me, uh, overtime open line, courtesy of Heartland Ford. Ford centers, open man, Larry shoots, blocked. Once again, Darnell Nurse with a tremendous shot block. Here's Lowry, banged it off the side of the net, firing cop. What a save made by Mike Smith. All right, saves of the game, courtesy Jiffy Lube, be wise, winterized. A lot of saves in this one. No scoring in regulation or overtime. The Jets wind up beating the Edmonton Oilers 1-0. In a shootout, Edmonton now 7-1-1 on the season. The Jets get their record up to 5-5 as they snap a three-game losing streak. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Quick check at the out-of-town scoreboard, courtesy Edmonton Trailer. If you're looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. We just flipped the TV to the Flames-Ducks games. Five and a half minutes left in the second period. It is 1-0 for Anaheim. The Canucks beat the Rangers 3-2. Wild, that's the next opponent for the Oilers, beating the Montreal Canadiens 4-3. And the Capitals get by the Blackhawks 5-3. Patrick Kane got his third of the season in a losing cause. Alex Ovechkin gets his sixth of the season. TJ Oshie has seven for the Capitals. All right, 780-496-0063. We have Nick on line one. Go ahead, Nick. Hey, boys. Um, Just wondering, uh, Josh Morris, he had a pretty good game tonight. Uh, like, what would it cost to get him? Like, it would be pretty high. But uh, I guess I was going to ask, um, if you'd rather have Nurse or Morrissey on your team and you're starting a team tomorrow, who would you take? Uh, I don't know. Morrissey's pretty good. Uh, I don't think he's going to be available in the trade. Didn't he just get, he's, was that this he, year or last year? He, he just re, uh, he just re-signed his big... Year. He just signed a big, long deal with them. He's their best defenseman. Especially now. Yeah, they're not trading him. He's their best defenseman by far. So he, they're building around him. They're not moving him. Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty, he's, he's pretty good. I mean, obviously, Nurse is pretty good. I, I know there's a contingent of Oilers fans that, that don't like Nurse. Nurse is a pretty good player. Uh, Nurse's issue, I guess, I mean, he's, he's prone to the big mistakes sometimes when he tries to force a play. But he's, he's still a pretty good defenseman. Yeah, no, for sure. Cool, thank you. All right. Yeah, but Morrissey's... I thought he was going to score in overtime there again. There he had that chance. Did he? I think he passed off on that one. Yeah, he did. He, he, he's a, a tremendous uh, young talent. That uh, yeah, There's no way Winnipeg's moving him. He's too good. Well, yeah, and I mean, their, their blue line is totally different than what it was last year. I mean, no Bufflin, no Truba. No uh, Myers. No Sherratt. So, I mean, Tyler lost. Myers. Yeah. So like, they've got four guys that were there, were mainstays for them that are gone. So it's a completely different. But they played very well tonight. A lot of inexperience on that back end. But they played the Oilers very, very well tonight. Only gave up, what was it, 28 shots I think the Oilers had tonight? The Oilers had 28 shots. They had, what are we at here? They had f- 50 shot attempts. And the Jets had... Uh, 55 shot attempts. Yeah. It, it felt like there were more at times. I well, mean, because 
I mean, the Jets outplayed the Oilers overall, but they they shot wide a lot, and and, and the Oilers did have some zone time. It, it felt like there were was a lot of there were times there was a lot of forechecking, a lot of passing, and it didn't result in in the scoring opportunity that you thought it might have been produced out of it. Well, in the first period, the Jets only had two shots on net, yet they probably had seven grade-A scoring opportunities. Five of their grade-A scoring top opportunities, they missed the net on. Wide-open shots from the slot. Uh, they only had 23 shots on net in the game, yet it seemed like a lot more that they had. So uh, the Oilers did a very good job of getting sticks in lanes, getting bodies in lanes, but the Jets also were their own worst enemy when they shot a lot of their great chances, either over the net or wide. Even at the very end of the game, Patrick Liney makes a wonderful move in overtime to go around Nugent Hopkins, comes in all alone on Smith, and puts the puck five feet over the net. So they, they wasted some really good chances. Okay, we'll go to... Uh, sorry, is it Daniel we have on the line here? Hello? Again, please? Yeah, sorry, is this Daniel? Yes, it is. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, right at the end of the first period... I think um, uh, McDavid should have shot that puck, and then uh, Drysdale should have went right for the net. If there was a rebound, it's, there was nothing there. There was no play. Like he missed his shot and everything. Well, McDavid and Drysdale, there are times where you think, and they're going to do one thing, and they do the other. I, in all honesty, to me, there's certain players that you can say they should have done this, should have done that. Uh, when it comes to McDavid and, and Dreisaitl, uh, I'll let them make the decisions. They're on the ice, and they're as good as anyone else in the National Hockey League. So I, I let them make the call. Sometimes afterwards you think, oh, they should have done this or they should have done that, but I'm I'm not one that's going to tell Leon or, or Connor what they should or shouldn't do. Yeah, that's the, the beauty of those players. Sometimes you think, who is he passing to? And it's like, oh, it's a goal. Yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, I, I, and we've had this discussion ever since they've they've been been playing together, and sometimes there are opportunities you feel like they passed up, and then other times they they create opportunities out of what looked like nothing. All right, we have Mike waiting on the line to finish the play. Mike, you've already have you already have eight days parking at Jet Set Parking, the best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online jetsetparking.com. Self park as low as five ninety eight per day with the promo code Ched. What do we have for the clue here? Here's one of them, Jason, out to Matt Benick. Wrist shot, redirected and almost by Hellebuck, who reached back and made the save. That was inadvertently deflected through the wickets by Neil Pionk. All right, Mike. Neil Pionk, the Winnipeg Jet, mentioned in that highlight. Who did he play for last year, the Rangers or the Stars? The Rangers. Absolutely. Hang on the line. Your name's going to the grand prize draw. For one hour at Fast Track Indoor Karting, valued at 1000 bucks, safe adrenaline pumping fun, FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. How about that? You call an open line show, you say one word, you win a prize <laughs> and get your name in a grand prize draw. All right, more time for your reaction, and we're looking to get some post-game tape in from Winnipeg as well. The Oilers fall one nothing in a shootout. Oilers hockey presented by World of Spas. This is Overtime Open Line, courtesy Heartland Ford. Global News at 8.30. Good evening, I'm Thomas Dias. It's two degrees. Decision Canada on 6.30 Chad. 
been a frantic push for votes on a final day of a divisive 40-day election campaign. The contender spent the day in a Vancouver area where a host of seats are still up for grabs. Justin Trudeau called on voters to unite behind the Liberals, particularly in his home province of Quebec, by raising the threat of separatism by the Bloc Québécois. Conservative leader Andrew Scheer joined Trudeau in condemning Bloc leader Yves-Francois Blanchet for fanning the flames of separation in Quebec, but Scheer partly blamed Trudeau for stoking separation in his home province. The NDP's Jugmeet Singh says any divisions in the country are the result of economic insecurity exacerbated by the policies of successive conservative and liberal governments. Green leader Elizabeth May also focused the final day of the campaign on her home turf in B.C., making a pledge to reform the voting system. It's something the Liberals promised in 2015, but ditched after a series of parliamentary and political missteps. May told supporters in Vancouver the current voting system is not just flawed, it's dangerous. She was also heavily critical of what she called dirty smears, saying she didn't think, quote, that this election would be so marred by dishonesty, unquote. And Prime Minister Boris Johnson has sent an unsigned letter to the EU seeking a delay to Britain's departure from the bloc as required by law. But he followed it with a signed letter indicating he does not favor the requested extension. Well, the opposition Labour Party says sending the second letter was done specifically to frustrate the will of Parliament and may even be unlawful. 6.30 Chad weather, the temperature dips to minus 4 overnight with a wind chill of minus 8 under a clear sky. A mixed sky tomorrow with a high of 8 degrees for Election Day. I'm Thomas Dias, your next scheduled newscast at 9 on 6.30 Chad. Rob Brown here as well. It's 8.33. The Oilers are now 7-1-1 one, one on the season, beaten tonight in a shootout. one nothing by the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Shane texting 6.30-6.30. He says, wow, McDavid's play tonight was ordinary and lacking creativity. His repertoire has become predictable to the goalies and defenders. Lastly, his shootout attempt was weak and again predictable. I think he needs to watch some vintage Pavel Datsuk video for some inspiration. Have a pleasant evening, guys. That is from Shane. I think Connor's going to be okay. I think Shane's probably joking around a bit. I think Connor's going to be all right. <laughs> Although... He, does, he is without a point in three of his last four games, but the one he got points in, he, he had, got five. That's kind of funny. He's got five points in his last four games, and three of them he had nothing. Yeah. Uh, no, it, honestly, it, it was not uh, It was not an A-plus game for, for Connor today. His, they, Winnipeg Jets did a very good job of shutting that line down. I remember Connor had, I think, one good scoring chance where Cassie made a nice cross-ice pass to him at the blue line. And then other than that, and this is outside of overtime, uh, other than that, I don't remember during the 60 minutes, uh, a really good opportunity for anyone on his line. 780-496-0063, we have Jason standing by. Hey, Jason. Hey, guys, how are you? Pretty good. Uh, good show as usual. Uh, I was going to say I'm not going to worry about McDavid. <laughs> um, some, sometimes I guess he's going to be human and because uh, he can't uh, light it up with five points every time he plays. But And teams are obviously targeting him and are checking him harder too. So um, in overtime, I know that he had, you know, they had a couple two-on-ones, but uh, you know, eight times out of ten, they're going to convert those. So 
I think we'll, uh, I'll still take a 7-1-1 one one start any time. I was going to ask Rob what he thought about maybe moving Cassian off of that top line and putting James Neal there just to see if they can generate something different uh, in terms of offense. Um, I don't think they're there yet. Um, I, I think that the Oilers want, like right now the Oilers have got two lines that, that are giving them a little offensive juice. I think if you take Neil and Cassian and you flip-flop them, I don't know if Nugent Hopkins, Cassian, and Chason uh, really scares a lot of other teams. I think that's why you have Neil playing with Nugent Hopkins, so hopefully they can have something from two lines because right now the third and fourth lines are giving them nothing. So I don't think there's real reason for concern yet. Uh, but you, you hope that uh, your top two lines can do a little bit more and they're going to get another opportunity in two nights in Minnesota. So I don't think you would change anything yet. But there are always options of flip-flopping the top six around to try to create a little more magic. Yeah, I think every coach goes into a game with his lineup card and there's always the, the secondary options, right? The, mm-hmm. the, the what-ifs, who do I move around if if this needs to happen? If uh, I mean, and I'm sure there's guys always maybe banged up that we don't always know about that a coach is like okay what if what if this flares up what if yeah. what's bothering us what if i gotta juggle them but yeah that, that that's a good question i mean as we know the lines are, are never set in stone when a team is being having some success they they get shuffled a lot less but yeah i think that's a good question by jason i mean you could see neil Nope. up there at some point. At some point sure. he's going to. I, I just think that right now things have gone so well. You don't want to change it a whole lot. And then even in this game, I know the Jets missed some some opportunities, but 5-on-5, five five, the shots were 26-13 in favor of the Oilers. It was 2-1, to 5-on-5. Five five. Now the Jets did miss some great scoring chances, but the Oilers did generate 5-on-5. Five five. They just did nothing on their two power plays that they had. All right, 780-496-0063. We have Jeff on the line. Jeff, thanks for calling. Hey, guys. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, yeah, I just had a couple comments about the coaching. I think the coaching, um, you know, they got this team playing the way they need to play it. uh, uh, Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I just wanted to say uh, the coaching has really uh, been good this year. Um, I I think last year, um, so so when times were tough, they would switch up the lines, like, for a second period right away. And uh, I think the coaching has been really good. Thanks, Jeff. Well, I, I think with, with Hitch, they often switched up the lines in the third or fourth minute. I think they switched up in warm-up sometimes yeah. under Hitch. I mean, I know McClellan got criticized for that, but he'd usually give you the half the game or, or two through the game. Hitch, Hitch was a little all over the place. After the All-Star break, he changed. I think he had some downtime and probably talked to some other people and, and, and didn't uh, didn't shuffle them around as much. Well, you also saw Connor McDavid went public and kind of gently said it'd be nice to have the same line mates more than a, uh, a period or two. Uh, they're trying to... I mean, the Oilers are 7-1-1. One, one. Uh, yeah, there's not a whole lot of... I mean, they can't do much better than they've done. Uh, they've got the leading scorer, and I'm not sure what... Uh, Leon is now, he may be his third in the, the NHL, but they got two guys in the top three on that one line. Uh, Neil and Nugent Hopkins are both having nice, strong starts to the season. So uh, I, I think offensively up front, the, their top two lines have been fine. It's it's trying to find something in their bottom six is what they need now. Every time after a 0-0 game or when you don't score a goal, offensively you start thinking, how can we be better? And, and I'm sure the coaches are doing that. But they, I don't know, then are you in the Winnipeg Jets? 
side saying, you know, we got to split up Shifley, Lion A, and Wheeler. we got to switch those guys around. They didn't score a goal as well either, and they're not having it near as good a season as the Oilers are. So I think sometimes you just got to say, you know what, tip your hat to the team that defended and said they did a good job and we'll be better the next game. One nothing. the Jets win in a shootout. The Oilers played two one nothing games last year. They won both of them. On December 9th, they beat Calgary one nothing. On November 27th, they beat Dallas one nothing in overtime with Oscar, Klep- Oscar Kleppbaum getting the game there. Wasn't that one that, that it looked like McDavid scored and they said the puck wasn't all the way over the line? I think that was the same game. Your memory is much better than mine. Uh, thank you, I guess. <laughs> I mean, mine's a very low bar, so it doesn't have to be much better to be better. Hey, Steve, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hello, guys. Uh, that was a pretty entertaining 0-0 game today. Well, yeah, well, the three-on-three overtimes always tend to, to be worthwhile, regardless of what happened before that. Right. Uh, okay, so I'm just uh, the good teams in the NHL, they could play any style to win a game. They could do... They could play run and gun, or they could grind it out, or win by goaltending. Are the orders at that point that they could play any style to win any game? Well, good question. Uh, It is a good question. Probably not. I I don't think they're there yet. I I think that we've seen this year, because of their goaltending, they've been able to win games where they haven't had their A game. And I don't think we saw that in the past. The last couple of years, if the Oilers weren't excellent up front, they weren't going to win games. So I think that's a step forward. They've got goaltending that gives them a chance to win games where they don't have their A stuff. But I, I don't know if it's way too early in the season to, to, to call the Oilers a, a, a great team yet. I think they've had a great start. But they still, they're still warts in their game. They're going to try and iron out, and hopefully they will. Well, I, th- I think that's a really good question by Steve because – Good teams have more than one way to win, and bad teams have more than one way to lose. Mm-hmm. Now, great teams usually have identity, if you want to use that word, where they have they have strengths and they have some very important strengths that they that they rely on. But they can also recognize, okay, all of a sudden we're in a game we can't win two one. So can we win five four? And they still can't. Mm-hmm. And and that's an that's another interesting discussion about about sports, especially pro sports. The best teams can win on an off night yes. or when things don't go their way. Right now, the Oilers have been powered by their goalies and their two highest scoring players, yeah. which is great. You can have bursts like that. And, and like you said earlier, if the save percentage is high enough, maybe you can get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But you can't win a Stanley Cup that way. No. So that's... And, and what what is Dave Tippett said numerous times, though I did notice he started his depth line today. I think he's trying to get things going there. But, I mean, Tippett has said this three or four times since he got hired. In Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final, both Boston and St. Louis started their fourth lines. So if the Oilers were ever in a game where it was one game to win a series or, or keep their season alive late in the year, would he actually start mm, his fourth I line? I don't or if it had to so. be played tomorrow? You probably wouldn't. Well, he's not playing certain lines the last seven minutes of hockey games, so he's certainly not going to start a game off with them uh, either. Yeah, it's uh, there's still a work in progress. The others are certainly a work in progress, but it's nice working on your deficiencies when you've got a seven one and one record. Yeah, well, they've they've built up a cushion, and and that's and that's all it is, and and we'll we'll see where they go. You know, I've I've kind of been. Uh, Amused the last couple of days because you know we get all these texts from listeners and well they're not going to keep it up yeah you know what because no team in the history of the NHL has won 70 games <laughs> so 
if you're telling me after winning seven of their first eight, they weren't going to keep it up, you're you're not providing any new information for anybody. No, I mean, they've played well. I mean, every team that made the playoffs last year had a stretch where they went seven, one, and one. And I can, and every team that made the playoffs last year had a stretch where they lost four or five. You just can't, it can't go beyond. You just, that. well, it's just that you have to have more of the good stretches and less of the bad stretches. And a lot of people too, and I know that we get a lot of texts here. Well, they should have beat that team by more because that's a bad team. Bad teams in the National Hockey League are bad because their record is bad. But if you start going through their games, bad teams lose a lot of one-goal games. And that's the difference between a good team and a bad team. A good team will find a way to win a bad a one-goal game. A bad team will find a way to lose a one-goal game. Bad teams, teams that are on the outside of the playoffs looking in, they don't get dominated every night. There's just something about their team. They're just quite not there. And they will lose a 3-2 game when they've had a 2-1 lead late in a hockey game. The teams that make the playoffs will be the team that wins a game when they're down for 57 minutes they've been outplayed and find a way in the last two, three minutes of a hockey game to score two goals and win games. So don't think you have to dominate a team just because of their record. Beating them by one is what gets you into the playoffs, not beating them by seven. one nothing. The Jets beat the Oilers tonight in a shootout. 780-496-0063. We have Don on the line. Hey, Don, go ahead. Hey, Reed. Hello. Rob, how's it going? Doing well. Um... Yeah, I was, I was listening to Brian Burke on uh, here the other night about he was talking about putting a shot clock in for the overtime. I don't agree with that. But one thing I do agree with, or I would think would make some sense, was uh, would be to, uh, once they cross the blue line, they, they have to stay in, inside that blue line until they lose the, you know, lose possession of the puck. In all honesty. It'd be like over and back in basketball. Yeah, same kind of deal, yeah. To me... To me, I, I honestly, I wouldn't change anything to do with three on three. It's the best part of the hockey game. I, I've yet to see, I've yet to see a hockey game this year where three on three wasn't the most exciting part. But you know, like like he was saying, and, and it's true. There's lots of games that, that, like, there's two minutes in between a shot. They come back out and circle around and make a change and come back and then come back out, circle around again, and uh, that way. Once they cross that blue line, there's going to be a shot or a play or they lose the puck and away they go, right? Well, to me, if they keep it in the offensive zone uh, inside the blue line, there'll be less plays made because that's what's going to happen because they'll just keep the puck. They won't try to create things. They'll just keep it on the outside because they're going to be afraid to make a mistake. When they bring it outside the blue line, they're getting ready to attack. So uh, to me, I'd, I, I've, again, uh, the, the best part of the game tonight was the three-on-three. Three. The best part of the game the other night, who they was it New Jersey they went into overtime against? Earlier yeah. in the season, yeah, and that the best that was the best part of that game. I've I would not change anything. I think the only change that they've made on three and three, and I thought was it an excellent change, is where they have them switch ends, so you have a long change when you have to change. Yeah, I, and, and tonight it cost Winnipeg twice, two both yeah, two on ones were because of that. that. But yeah, I I would do sure. I would do nothing. I would even extend overtime. Make it ten yeah, minutes. Yeah. I'd rather watch overtime than a shootout. So yeah, I'd keep it the same. Just make it longer. You and me both, I would uh, definitely I'd be good with, with 10 minutes of overtime for sure. Appreciate it. All right, thanks. Yeah, appreciate it. I, I do like that. We've talked about that in the past. You know, I, I remember one night I, I said maybe they couldn't, you know, they couldn't bring it past the red line. They could take it out of the, their, the offensive zone, but they couldn't go back further to their own red line. I think a shot, lo- a shot clock would be hard to enforce 
in uh, in hockey. But I, I enjoy those discussions. Three-on-threes worked far better than I th- thought it would. One thing I still don't like is the offside challenge. I know it no, I agree. save the Oilers. Uh, but but here's the thing. If, then the, if, if you miss the game, the Jets scored a goal with uh, how much time was left? With 11.33 left in the third period. And the Oilers challenged for offside. And it was offside and it was successful. But my argument is at full speed, if that goal would have stood, nobody would have been saying, oh, they were offside on that play. I mean, it was, and that's what bothers me about that. It takes away goals on on plays that aren't perceptible to the naked eye. And I agree. Being offside. But, but, you know, any team can challenge it. It worked for the Oilers tonight, and I'm sure they'll lose a couple goals along the way this year, too. No, I agree 100% with you. If, if you can't see it with the naked eye, then it shouldn't be challengeable. All right, we're taking a quick timeout. It is 847. Oilers lose one nothing in a shootout. Overtime open line presented by Heartland Ford. Little to the left. I can't move left. My arms caught. Lift, lift. I can't lift any higher. Straighten out your back. It is straight. Watch the stairs. I can't watch the stairs if I'm looking at the couch. One more step. <sighs> See, that wasn't so bad. Bad. We still have two more couches to move. Two more. And the boxes from the kitchen and the boxes from... Take a load off. When you buy a home in a participating Landrex community, they'll pay up to $5,000 in moving costs. Visit Landrex.com slash move for more information. Life is a lot like the game of hockey. Sometimes you win, sometimes you score, and sometimes you crash into the boards. In life, just like in hockey, you put your body through a lot. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. One in three Albertans will hurt this year, and your chiropractor is specifically trained to help everything from a midseason neck strain to a playoff foot sprain. Don't let pain get in the way of you scoring your goals. Visit albertachiro.com for more information. Wow, that episode was amazing. It's getting late. I should probably head home. I've got an early shift tomorrow. I know. One more episode? Fine, but then I have to leave. Wow, it is way later than I thought. Better hurry home and get to bed. Driving while sleep-deprived is impaired driving. When you get behind the wheel tired, you risk your life as well as the lives of others. Don't drive when sleep-deprived. When the action's over on the ice, your personal hot streak could be waiting at Grand Villa Casino Ice District. Your ultimate game day after party starts at Match Eatery and Public House with happy hour specials starting at 9 p.m. The best part is you don't even have to step outside to get there. Keep your night rolling at Grand Villa Casino Ice District, adjacent to Rogers Place, your place to start your new hot streak. Visit matchpub.com. Experience Yegis. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, no scoring in regulation and overtime. The Jets beat the Oilers 1-0 in a shootout. Nugent Hopkins stopped. Kyle Connor scored on a beauty. Connor McDavid couldn't quite get the shot on goal, and Patrick Line rifled one past Mike Smith to end it. Both Mike Smith and Connor Hellebuck get credit for shutouts tonight. Back to Winnipeg. Here's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. Shutout. Can't remember. Long time ago, I guess. I'm not sure. So, as a coach, your team doesn't score any goals, but you don't let any in. What's well, it was kind of a mucky game. Both teams had some chances. Both goaltenders played very well. And we come in here and wanted to play a hard road game. Um, don't give up any. And 
would have been nice to get uh, get the one we needed to push us ahead, but uh, just competed hard. We just couldn't get the extra point. What are you thinking when McDavid and Dreisaitl are getting all those chances in the overtime? Well, they're going to get one of these ones, and you're set on the bench there. Well, you're hoping one of those goes in. You know, especially they get they've got a pretty good history of the two on ones they get that they capitalize on a lot of them. But tonight it wasn't to be, and that's uh, that's the way the game goes. Your goaltending uh, has been fabulous pretty much all year here. Yeah, really solid. Really solid, yep. I'm not asking if you're surprised, but if for things to work, uh, I suppose it has to be good. Any team. You can't have, you can't win in this league without quality goaltending, and that's, uh, you know, the, coming into the season, we thought we had two guys. With, there's, it's, you know, I haven't been on too many teams where you say, okay, you got number one and number two. We really don't have number one and number two. We got one A and one B, and they both played like that. So we feel like we can put them in positions where they're rested, uh, have enough practice, dialed right in, so they can play well. And that's, uh, you know, our Dustin Schwartz has done a great job with them so far, and, and uh, we've got quality goaltending in every game. Dave, I wanted to ask you for another story about James Neal. When you met with him this summer, what was it you specifically wanted? tell him about his role. I just see what he's been doing for the last 10 years since I had him before, I guess. Uh, no, we, we talked a little bit about, you know, just uh, a lot about where he was as a as a person, you know, getting moved around a couple of years. We wanted to make sure that everything was in place there and then talked about the role that he would see on our team and uh, and the opportunity he would get and the players he would get the opportunity with and he was excited like he was uh, he was looking forward to the change and uh, and excited to come into a come to a team where he's going to get more opportunity than he got last year and and excited to uh, see what he could do and obviously he's jumped in and he played very well for us. Is that goalie offside? Is that why that goalie coach, the video coach, makes so much money? Call yeah. down he, they should make a lot of money out of those. It wasn't like it was totally obvious. That no, he, he knew right away. Right, Gully reached over to me as soon as it was there and said it's offside. So I wanted to have a look at it myself right on the bench and you could see it was it was clearly offside. So really? great call by him. Yeah, Great call from the, those video guys. They got a lot of pressure on them right now. Like There's a lot of a lot more, a lot more uh, things to look at. So, but it was uh, that was close but clear, and uh, so we knew right away on the bench that it was going to get pulled back and your keep thoughts, playing. Your thoughts on your young defenseman Ethan Bears? Has he arrived as an NHL defenseman? He's an he's an excellent young defenseman. You watch him play out there tonight. He's uh, plays big minutes for us. He's a smart player, great skater. Has a has a real instinct to to play well and the great thing about him he's a young player that really wants to get better every day and it's uh he's been uh, he's been a real good player for us was a bit of a surprise in camp but has come in and played very very well do you think the time he spent in the american hockey league made a difference i do i think that's an excellent way for young players to learn how to be pros be good pros and he's uh he's put the work in down there he's put the work in in the summer to become an nhl player and you're getting the benefit we're getting the benefits of that work right now all right, Dave Tippett again. Ethan Bear tonight, after scoring in the last two games, plays 25 and a half minutes. He's been uh, out there a lot. Good story on the Oilers' blue line. Edmonton losing in a shootout tonight, one nothing to the Winnipeg Jets. Final call of the evening goes to Nils. Go ahead, Nils. Hey, guys. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller, huge fan of the show. Uh, I was wondering what you guys thought about uh, the biggest challenge for the Oilers who've had a hot start to the, to the year uh, going into Minnesota 
after not having their best stuff uh, against Winnipeg tonight, playing against two teams in a row who are kind of hanging out at the bottom of the league with the biggest challenges there. And then secondly, um, a lot of attention has been on Ethan Barron, his hot starts of the year. But I'm wondering what you guys think about uh, Chris Russell's uh, comments earlier in the pregame show and how he's adapted and changed his role over the years with the Oilers. With the Oilers. And, you know, I've been a longtime Russell fan. Uh, a lot of haters out there, but it was clear that the guy's been grinding for a long time. And uh, just wondering what you guys thought about that. Thanks yeah. a lot, guys. Yeah, thanks. Good stuff. Well, I'll just quickly jump in there with Russell, Rob. Yeah, I mean, he was an offensive defensive in, in, in junior and, and realized that if he wanted to play in the NHL a long time, he he wasn't going to be that type of player in the NHL. The comparisons to Bear, uh, Bear realized he needed to be in better physical and mental condition to, mm-hmm. if he wanted to play in the NHL, well, at all. <laughs> and then he's hoping full-time so yeah you can draw some parallels i think about athletes adapting and learning uh biggest changes or things they got to worry about going into mini rob well complacency uh sometimes you, a team that has success looks at the record and they forget why they got the record or how they got the record uh they're going to be playing another desperate team a team that had a big win tonight against the canadians but a team that i mean the others have had some tough nights in minnesota over the last number of years to me it's a uh, it's not a, a flashy place to play. It's kind of a little quiet, a little dark, and it's uh, still an important two points. There's going to be there's teams that the Oilers, uh, if the Oilers fall back a little bit and, and just play just normal hockey the rest of the year, they're going to be in a, a playoff race with a number of teams. Winnipeg will be one of those teams. Minnesota will be one of those teams if there's a wild card chase. So when you get a chance to take advantage of a team you're going to be battling with, you got to win two points. So I expect some of these guys are going to want to have rebound games. When your top line doesn't score, you expect they're going to score big the next game. Now 1-1 Calgary at Anaheim, four minutes into the third period. Oilers fall 1-0 in a shootout to the Jets. Get more on 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca. Thanks to Brett Holden and Brendan Escott working in the studio tonight. Next Oilers broadcast, 4.30 face-off show game at 6 on Tuesday. They visit Minnesota. I will not have inside sports tomorrow as we will have election coverage. Go out and vote tomorrow if you haven't already. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Oilers hockey presented by World of Spas. Overtime open line. Courtesy Heartland Ford. Have a great night.